But to be the man, you gotta beat the man. I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. And you want some? Come get some. You've tuned in to Wrestling with Ruben. What's up, everybody? You're listening to Wrestling with Ruben here on MultimediaMouth.com. Uh, I'm very excited to be speaking to, uh, to somebody from Ring of Honor Wrestling, one of the hottest promotions uh, in the country right now. On a, they're definitely on a high uh, incline as far as uh, traction online and, and their viewership has been growing by leaps and bounds over the past couple of years. Uh, I'm going to attempt to say his name, but I'm probably going to butcher it. So, Ian, please don't don't hate me if I completely butcher your name. Uh, you know, it's kind of crazy, Ruben, because my family, uh, my original last name was Riccobono uh, when my family came over from Sicily. Uh, when they came over, Ellis Island gave them the name Riccoboni, which is plural, uh, and somehow it got Americanized to be Riccoboni. So it has that nice uh, Italian long uh, consonant sound, Riccoboni. <laughs> so. Well- that sounds easier. It sounds, it sounds easier than I thought it was. Uh, please welcome to the show, Mr. Ian Riccoboni uh, from Ring of Honor, the lead play-by-play announcer there. Uh, Ian, welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about to talk to you about Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor seriously um, has been on a, on a rise, uh, and I'm a I'm, I'm a newer uh, fan of the wrestling promotion. To be completely honest, and to be completely frank with people uh, online, uh, the last couple of years, you guys have done some really great stuff. Uh, that I've that's come on my radar. You know, I'm, I've been usually, a, you know, just a, just a WWE guy for most of my life. Uh, and a couple of years ago, uh, TNA kind of came on my radar, and I watched them for a little while, and then I got bored of them. And I never really gave you guys a shot up until recently, where I've started like watching the highlights and whatnot, and been really impressed. So, first of all, congratulations to you and the Ring of Honor crew for just doing such a great job these last couple of years. Oh, thank you. You know it. I, I think you used the right word. I think incline. I think momentum is a, is a great word. Uh, you know, Ring of Honor always had a reputation of developing stars, whether you look at guys like, uh, you know, Kevin Owens, who came from Ring of Honor, former Ring of Honor world champion, or, you know, guys like Nigel McGuinness, guys like Daniel Bryan, uh, who went on to, of course, also become a WWE champion. So Ring of Honor, you know, CM Punk, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Ring of Honor has an amazing reputation for developing and creating stars, but something interesting has happened in the last few years where, you know, the process has not only been validated uh, by stars making, you know, making a leap and, and going to different places, going internationally and so on and so forth, but also, you know, top profile stars coming to Ring of Honor as well to complement uh, the home. Ring of Honor has really become a destination, and, you know, it, it, it's okay that, you know, it's definitely okay that you're a newer fan because, we're in such a, a cool place right now where, you know, newer fans are almost sort of the norm. And it, it's really neat to, to be introducing the product each and every week uh, with guys that, that fans may have heard of, like the Young Bucks and, and Cody and, uh, and, and really rising stars that might be new to some fans, like uh, Marty Skrull, like Shane Taylor, uh, like The Kingdom. Uh, it's, it's some of the best-kept secrets on the independents, like the Briscoe brothers who've been probably the best tag team in the world for the last 15 years. Yeah, you know, and and I've heard, you know, I've all these names I've heard over the years. You know, I I was really plugged in 
with different wrestling forms and whatnot. And we'll talk about, you know, my history in wrestling and your history in wrestling here in a second. Uh, what I want to know more, I want to know more about you as, as a broadcaster. You know, I, I've been doing this podcast business for a couple of years now. Uh, I've been really wanting to get into, into radio and podcasting and eventually get, I would love to call a wrestling match, even if it's just, you know, like already a tape, you know, a tape match and it's just for myself to listen to. You know, I, it's just a dream of mine to, to do that, you know, so I'm always interested to talk to people. You know, who, who've gotten into the commentary game and just kind of see where they've started out from and how they got there. So I do want to know, you know, what was your first exposure to broadcasting? Uh, you know, like, like what was your first job in, in the world of broadcasting? Sure. So, uh, my first job, uh, kind of my first major recurring role was actually on a, on a public access television show. Oh, cool. <laughs> called, <laughs> yeah. Called Hump Night with Chris Freed. I was kind of, uh, is Ed McMahon uh, to his Johnny Carson, uh, and I was sort of the leader of the house band. I played bass guitar, um, and we ran, I, I think, 12 episodes. And to give you an idea of how big the show got, our, our largest viewership literally came from the Lehigh County prison because they would show us there. So you know, Chris actually got recognized after the fact, and, and Chris, is, Chris is a comedian to this day, and yeah, he's becoming uh, more notable. He's going to be on the Artie Lang show. He's been a regular on a couple uh, cable news programs, sort of the comic relief. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's how I got into it. But you know, hey, Chris is a guy that I, I grew up with. We went to high school together, and we had this mutual love of, of pro wrestling. And it dates all the way back to you know, as early as I can remember. You know, I I grew up in Allentown, Pennsylvania, which there's the DNA of Allentown has, has pro wrestling in it, uh, which includes, you know, the Allentown TV tapings they did, uh, you know, back in 1978 to 1985 for, for WWF. Uh, the return of Hulk Hogan to WWF was in Allentown. Uh, so many seminal moments. And so I, I've always kind of had it in me. Um, and, you know, it, it's something that I remember, you know, being less than a year old uh, at my neighbor's house, uh, Pat, Pat and Bob spot. And they were, they'd watch me and they'd have it on and I'd get into it. Um, it was a little bit later, maybe four or five years old where I started to realize that there was more than just the wrestlers. And I got really into kind of the excitement and the energy of guys like Vince McMahon and Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross. Uh, and those guys really captured my attention as well. So it also helped that in Allentown, Allentown's a media market where, uh, you get Philadelphia media market stuff, you get New York media market stuff, and uh, occasionally if you had a strong enough antenna, you'd get a little bit of Pittsburgh as well. So in reality, I was getting all of the WWF programming, which at the time was, by my count, five shows, Superstars, Challenge, oh uh, All-American Wrestling, Spotlight, and Primetime. And then I was getting WCW Pro, WCW Main Event. Um, so I was getting all that plus the AWA on ESPN. So as a kid, I, I just couldn't be detached from it. And then, you know, it was just kind of natural from there. Um, I had always known I, I wanted to be a broadcaster. So uh, I'd set out, I got some really good advice in high school uh, from, you know, one of my teachers who, you know, who explained the sort of the risk reward of it, that there's a lot of people that want to do it. Uh, if you're committed and you give it your best shot and you have a backup plan, um, if you're a good person and, and, if you're smart about it and you do your homework and you're always prepared, uh, you'll be able to execute. So that was the advice I got from Mr. Marsico that I, I still really hold, uh, you know, close to my heart. And 
So from there, I, I went to college. Uh, I thought it was going to be really easy because within my first week, I was cast on an MTV special with Bill Gates. So, you know, <laughs> coming into it, I thought, wow, man, this is going to be great. Now I come work a week later, I'm going to be on MTV. Uh, but from there, the well dried out pretty quickly. So when I got out of college, I, you know, I'd been friends with Chris. Um, he had graduated as well. He'd worked at Conan O'Brien, worked on Saturday Night Live. Oh and God. we put together uh, Hump Night with Chris Freed in, in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And I think the key there is, is, is to create and get repetitions. Uh, because that, I learned a lot about producing television. I learned a lot about, um, you know, being being someone who could create if, if pressed. Uh, and so that led to uh, a Phillies blog at the time with a V uh, on philliesnation.com, which turned into another public access show, which turned into a cable show, uh, which turned out to be how I got connected to wrestling. Nice. Very cool. So, you know, when you, when you started out though, did you, were you thinking I want to be a commentator or like you just wanted to be a host somewhere in some sort of media broadcasting and broadcasting field? Cause I know when I started out personally, I'm like, you know, yeah, I would love eventually to call a couple matches or do some interviews or something with the wrestling promotion. But my main goal has always been I want to get on, you know, mainstream top 40 radio. That's my goal. You know, that's what, that's my end goal. If I get there, I, I can die happy. You know, what was your mindset breaking into the broadcast field? You know, it was it was interesting because it was what I went to school for. So there was almost like an obligation uh, to do it. And I had I had some people in my life that, that were really supportive. Um, you know, my wife. Uh, my parents, uh, her parents, um, you know, my brother and, and his wife and, you know, everybody in my family had always been super supportive of it. But then along the way, there's, there's people that doubt you and there's people that, uh, you know, there's people that want you to have that extra game plan and to, and to be, have that secondary game plan. So, you know, that creeps in your head a little bit, but I, I think the goal for me was to give it a shot. And the Phillies were really hot at the time. And, you know, I had hoped maybe to be, you know, sort of the in-game sideline reporter uh, for the Iron Pigs, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, or to be that <laughs> for the Philadelphia Phillies someday. And I thought if I could get some repetitions now and if I could become a steady presence on TV, uh, you know, I could continue with the day job, but then go ahead and over time I'll, I'll have practice and repetition and, and get closer and closer to that magic 10,000 hours that they say it takes to become a master. And maybe one day uh, I can do it. But then uh, through Chris Freed, uh, we did a comedy show where our band was the house band for the night. And the headliner was Saturday Night Live's Colin Jost. Nice. And, he was the, at the time, he was the youngest head writer in Weekend Update history. And I, I asked him for advice. And he told me, don't say no to anything. And I thought, that's, that's interesting. And, and, and he also said, don't be afraid to ask the question. Don't be afraid to ask for the business, so to speak. And so that actually inspired me to reach out to different famous Phillies fans uh, for a beat to have for the 2013 season of Phillies Nation TV. Uh, that's how I got connected with Mark Summers, uh, Tony Luke, and, of course, Blue Meanie. So I never really had it in mind. It's funny because I did when I was little. I really did. Um, from age, like, 3 to 12 or 13 or 14, um, I really thought 
well, gee, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a broadcaster, and I'm going to be, uh, you know, either the lead play-by-play guy um, or so on and so forth. You get to high school, your guidance counselor kind of says, man, that's not really feasible. Have a backup plan. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> yeah. and then you kind of put it on the back burner. But then, you know, you get to college, and it's kind of the opposite because, you, you, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to NYU and kind of see the whole world in front of me and, and to be in New York City and to really be able to experience it and to really just be able to, to have a kind of a brighter vision of everything. And um, so, yeah, my dreams kind of expanded again. Uh, first, they expanded to, to hopefully becoming a sideline guy. And then as I got more and more involved in wrestling uh, and started to meet good people who started to give me good advice, I started to think, well, I could really do this someday. I could really, I could really lead a, a broadcast. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. And, I, and I've, I've heard some of your, you know, some of the calls that you've made and stuff that, you know, um, you're good, you know, and, and it, it's, it's really good to hear good commentary on wrestling. You know, it seems like, you know, good play by play commentary is rare these days on wrestling uh, and has started getting better uh, the last maybe year or so with, you know, with Mauro Ronaldo going to WWE and Michael Cole stepping up his game. But, you know, for, for a long time there, it just seemed like every time you, I turned into wrestling, you know, the commentary sucked, you know, and it was just like, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. stop talking about all this other stuff and just tell me what's going on. You know, tell me the story that's happening in the ring, you know? Um, so, so I, I appreciate hearing good commentary from the likes of you and, you know, and Mauro and, and, and Michael Cole, like I said, has been doing much better these last couple of, uh, probably the last six months or so. Um, now, and I, I, I really like, uh, you know, just to throw this out there, Tom Phillips also, I, I really, he's a guy, uh, who does a really great job as well. So I think, you know, the WWE is in a great position. I think Kevin Kelly, who's a mentor, does a great job for new Japan world. So I think you're right. I think, it, I think things are really swinging back into the kind of a, hopefully a golden age of commentary. Well, you know, who's doing a really good job on commentary who I never thought would actually do a good job. And that's Byron Saxton over on SmackDown. Um, yeah, he's like in the last since he moved over to SmackDown. There's been a lot of times, and and you know, what, and I forgot about Tom Phillips too. Tom Phillips, when I listen to him, when I listen to him and Byron together, I'm just like, this is a good team. Like this is probably the best team that I I really enjoyed when they had um, Todd. Uh, what's his name? Todd Grisham and Matt Stryker over on SmackDown. I thought that was a great team for some reason. Apparently I'm in the minority with that, but this is the best team for SmackDown that they've had since I believe since I think, you know, Todd Grisham and, and, and uh what's his name? Matt Stryker. Um so it's it's really interesting. Yeah, like it seems like everyone's stepping up their game. Like and I, and I don't know. Do you think? What do you think the reason for that would be is that everyone's stepping up the game? Do you think just because because Morrow kind of came in and, and stepped up the game for everybody, or you know, do you feel like there, there's been some change somewhere, just in general, because it seems like everywhere it seems to be getting a little bit better. Yeah, I, I mean, I can only speak for myself uh, in in some of the things that, that I've been given. You know, Ring of Honor is a great place to learn and, and to kind of foster um, who you are as a wrestler, but also as a commentator. And so I was really fortunate to uh, to kind of be the, the protege of Kevin Kelly. And Kevin's a guy that for his entire life has been incredibly underrated uh, as a play-by-play guy. And he's one of the, the few guys, only a handful of guys, to ever commentate you know, Monday Night Raw, Ring of Honor, uh, Wrestle Kingdom. You know, there's only uh, – you can count the, you know, count the guys on one hand that have done that. So, uh, Kevin, you know, I was really fortunate 
because uh, Kevin comes from the learning tree of, of Gordon Sully and from Jim Ross. So, you know, everything that they imparted on Kevin Kelly, you know, he, he, through osmosis, I was able to absorb some of the things that, that he learned from, from them, which is really, really cool. So, you know, I, I think just from speaking from, from my perspective, it's, uh, it, it's just something where I had really good mentors, whether it be Kevin or whether it be the production staff or, you know, just some of our editors that really helped me get accustomed to what our TV broadcast looks and feels like. Um, but at the same time, I, I think, you know, if you look at WWE, I don't think it's a coincidence that, uh, you know, some of the guys that really have stepped up and are excellent commentators, um, guys like Tom Phillips, guys like Byron Saxton, Corey Graves, uh, are under the leadership of, of Michael Cole, who I know Kevin Kevin's worked with and thinks, thinks the world of, uh, but also, you know, come through the, the NXT system and got a lot of repetitions there and really hone their craft. And when you get somebody that's already a good broadcaster and you're able to, you know, you're able to get them accustomed to, to your television style and, uh, and really work with them like that, I think that's a key. And I, I think that's why you've seen such a great job from those guys as well. So, I mean, I, I really like all those guys, specifically, you know, Tom Phillips I really liked. And I think Michael Cole, maybe, you know, I think it's between him and Kevin Kelly for most underrated broadcaster of the last 20 years. Yeah, for sure. I, I, com- I completely agree with that. I, I think, yeah, Kelly, uh, Kevin Kelly, I, you know, I wasn't really um, around for, for his run with, with the WWE, you know, so when I heard that he was went to Ring of Honor, you know, I watched a couple of matches, you know, to, to hear that commentary. And I thought, you know, I really did think, you know, why why did he not stay longer? Why wasn't he part of the WWE longer? Why wasn't he picked up by, you know, a bigger company, you know, um, faster, you know? And so it was really interesting to hear uh, Kevin Kelly return. And I agree, he is definitely an, an under, underrated uh, broadcaster. Um, now, one thing that I would like to know, you know, for, from you is – you know, this last year or so of Ring of Honor television, um, you've had some great, you know, some great moments with, you know, with like, you know, uh, Christopher Daniels winning the world title. Let's talk, let's talk some wrestling now. Um, Cody Rhodes coming to the company and, and making a big splash and eventually becoming champion. Um, what, what to you, what makes Ring of Honor this destination that, you know, Christopher Daniels would want to come back to or that, um, you know, that, that Cody Rhodes would want to spend some time in, you know, in Ring of Honor as opposed to, you know, working for the WWE or trying to go with somebody who has, although I think Ring of Honor has a bigger potential network, you know, reach than, than TNA does. But, you know, what makes Ring of Honor that, that, that place that people want to go to, in your opinion? I I think it, I think it starts with the locker room, um, you know, and, and I said in some other interviews that, that ring of honor, not only has, has great wrestlers, but it has great people. And, you know, everything, it, it's really a team environment. And when you come into the ring of honor locker room, you feel like you're a part of a team and you, you feel like you're a part of a family and it's, it's all for one and one for all. And, you know, I, I think really uh, one of the more underrated aspects is we've always had great veterans in the locker room. Uh, and, and they've always there's always been veterans there to bridge the gap uh, with new talent and to really get them acclimated. 
And it's interesting right now because, you know, some of the hottest acts in the world are, are in Ring of Honor, and they've made that decision. You know, you look at the Young Bucks. You know, we mentioned Cody, uh, who, you know, who decided to come to Ring of Honor and, you know, become the world champion and, and all the success he, he's had. Uh, you know, you mentioned Christopher Daniels, who is another great story. Uh, but I look at the Young Bucks, two guys that paved their own way uh, and created this own I, pandemonium. I mean, there's just this electricity when they when they step out into the crowd, and it's it's something that they've created. Uh, but the freedom of Ring of Honor to let them create and to let them mold themselves and to let them be themselves is not just extended to the Young Bucks because they're they're mega stars. It's extended to just about everybody. So there's this really nice familial atmosphere uh, with this ability to create and this ability to you know to be your best self um, each and every time you're out there. That it gets really contagious, and that goes from you know the wrestlers to our production staff to our crew to to everybody and. You know, when I mentioned family, it, it's interesting, too, because it, it's gotten to the point where, you know, I remember when I first found out my wife was pregnant last year before we had Zach, you know, I, I turned to Bobby Fish, who was with us at the time, and I said, Bobby, I don't know what to do. I'm going to be a dad, you know? And now I, I, I turned to Bobby Cruz, our, our ring announcer, who's an awesome dad, and, and talk to him and get parenting advice from him. And, you know, Zach's only 10 months old, but... You know, I just I look and see how much Bobby loves his daughters and uh, Bobby Cruz and Bobby Fish. Uh, I look and see how much Nick and Matt Jackson love their kids and the Briscoes. And, you know, every time we're in an event that's close to the Briscoes, uh, you know, they bring their little ones. And it's such a good time. And so it's just a really, you know, loose, uh, tight-knit locker room. Uh, I know that's kind of an oxymoron, uh, but, you know, the feeling, the feeling is loose. Uh, but we're all in it together. So it's a really cool feeling, and I, I think that brings out everybody's best self. And the fact that everybody wants, everybody who's there absolutely wants to be there and has chosen to be there. So it, it's just a really great time in Ring of Honor right now. Yeah, I, I, I you know, it, it's really interesting to see so many, you know, big names there right now. Um, you know, with probably the most recent big name, person you know joining the company being bully ray um tell, tell me a little bit about what you know about that situation with bully ray coming in like have you have you spoken to him about what his goals are there because i know that his big thing from what i've heard has been to to work with some young talent you know so so tell me a little bit about about what it's like to work with bully ray and, and what he brings to the team and and if you've talked to him about what his goals are yeah you know bully ray uh, i was able to call his his debut, which was a legitimate surprise to me. Um, did not know he was in the building, uh, was unaware that he'd be there. And it was something where when he came out, the Hammerstein Ballroom, a, a venue he knows very well, uh, it just melted down with excitement. And he has, he has been a guy that, you know, is something that goes unseen and unreported, and he's not the type of guy that would mention it. Uh, just a, a great uh, mentor. He's a guy that, you know, he does look out for the young talent. And I, I'll never forget, we were in Collinsville. Uh, I'm sorry, we were in Chicago Ridge, Illinois. And there was two young guys who, you know, had a Future of Honor match, which is 
essentially a tryout. You know, in Future of Honor matches, uh, we take two, you know, two guys or two gals or, or tag teams, and we, you know, we put them out there and we we see what they can do and we see if they can uh, potentially help bring of honor down the line and, and we try and measure the fan response. And I, I remember very specifically and vividly in Chicago Ridge, Bully Ray standing at the curtain watching the match and then hearing later on that he broke down the match piece by piece and was giving advice to the young talent that competed there that night. Um, you know, so that goes on almost every time that, you know, Bully Ray is out there and, and that Bully Ray is on an event. Um, he's very generous with his time. He's a guy that commands respect, though. You know, he's, he's a guy that he's, you know, one of the greatest of all time, certainly one of the best tag team wrestlers, and he's certainly building that singles resume as well. And he's a guy right now that, that is still is still peaking, and, you know, he's done it literally all over the world. So it, it's really exciting to have him there. And, it, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if down the line Billy Ray competed, you know, for, for the ROH Television Championship, the ROH World Championship. Um, he's a guy who's right now undefeated in, in singles competition in Ring of Honor. He's already been a six-man tag team champion. Uh, so, you know, I know his sights are set on that right now, on, on writing the ship with the Briscoes. But, you know, I could see him having, you know, you know, just knock down, drag out brawls with guys like Punishment Martinez. Uh, you know, he's mixed it up a little bit with, with Adam Page. I, I think that would be a great one-on-one match. Uh, he had a great match against Silas Young that was just a fight. It was just, you know, and so, but he's also, you know, he's also got a little bit of a lighter side to him too. You know, you see him sometimes in the ring with Dalton Castle or, or Tetsuya Naito. Uh, and, and you see that lighter side come out now and again. So just a, an amazing addition to ring of honor, both in and out of the ring. And, you know, I hope that we see, uh, we see even more of Bully Ray because he's got so much to offer. He's a. I, I think he's come a, a, a long way uh, since you know he was his first single run in WWE, uh, and definitely became somebody who I, I enjoy watching, uh, and it was one of the reasons why I watched TNA for a long time was was to see what he uh, had to say and do, uh, in, you know, during his time there. Um, you know, because it was great. It was great television to see Bully Ray just go full on heel. Uh, in, in you know the company that he was in, so I'm excited to see him there. Now uh, let's talk Cody Rhodes because uh, Cody went from or, or Cody. I'm sorry. Um, are you guys allowed to call him Cody Rhodes yet, or is it still just Cody? Oh, it's Cody, and that's my choice too. Um, that's that's something that you know that, that's something he's chosen. Although uh, in a recent being the elite, you know he uh, he alludes to the fact that there there may have been a letter delivered at some point recently. Uh, <laughs> that that man. may start with the letter C C and D. Oh man! Uh, yeah, they you know they <laughs> that's a great web series. It's actually, I, I watch very little TV, uh, but I'll watch Being the Elite. So it, it's uh, but yeah, we we call him Cody. I you know the American Nightmare. Um, you know, just a, a great wrestler, a great addition as well. Yeah, Cody's been Cody's been an interesting person to see the last two years. Um, you know, because when he was with the WWE, everybody online wanted him to be a champion, wanted him to be pushed to the moon and, and for whatever reason, it just never happened. Uh, and then he went independent and he seems to win gold everywhere he goes now. 
tell me what you think Cody brings to Ring of Honor and why people are clicking with him outside of the WWE now that he's independent. There's something about Cody. The first time I met him, he was in a three-piece suit. His tie matched his socks, matched his couplings. He's got a million-dollar smile. There's something electric about him. And, you know, the same can can be said about his wife, Brandy, who's who's recently competing in, in Women of Honor. But, you know, Cody, there's something there's something that you can't teach about Cody when he, you know, when he walks into the room, uh, just a confidence, just a, a, a just a, I don't want to say swagger because it's, it's not a swagger. It's just this, this aura. And it just, it, you know, it, it just radiates off of him. And, uh, you know, he's worked for everything he's got and he's, you know, He's determined to be the very best professional wrestler. And I think, uh, I don't want to speak for Cody, but I think at some point in every one of our lives, we felt like somebody has said, has slighted us or done something uh, that has maybe prohibited us from reaching our full potential. And I think Cody saw an opportunity, uh, you know, while he's, he's not even reached the peak of his career, uh, an opportunity to to step to branch out, um, and and he's doing that. You know, he the most amazing part about Cody is everything that he said he's going to do, he has done. Whether that's compete at Final Battle, compete at the Tokyo Dome, to compete against Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP Championship, to bring in the highest buy rate in Ring of Honor history. You know, he throws that around. That's not a joke. You know, he's you know, he has been everything as advertised and more. Uh, and there's, it goes to the work ethic. It goes to the DNA. It goes to just who he is as a person, his, his fabric, his cloth as a person. Uh, but also, I, I think there's that little chip on the shoulder. You know, getting to know Cody, you get the sense that he's doing it for himself. He's doing it for his dad. He's doing it for his family. He's doing it for his wife. But maybe there's that little extra chip that pushes him over the top and really motivates him to that extra level, that extra 10% that that has made him this star that he's become. So, you know, he's somebody that that puts in the work, the time, the energy. Um, You know, I've been on the road with him. I I see him, the the early morning workouts, um, the time at the children's hospital, the time doing media, the radio events, just everything about him is everything you'd want in a champion. And, uh, it's just been incredible. So everywhere he's gone, he's, he's had the Midas touch. And it, when you get to be around him as much as I have these last few months, uh, whether it was the tour in Europe, uh, we spent some time in Atlanta at the Children's Hospital. Uh, you just see, you just see a Cody. We use that Ring of Honor. Um, you know, the advice that we give to to young wrestlers trying to break in is, is be undeniable. And that's tough to quantify, but, but when you're around Cody uh, and you're around him and, and you kind of you get a sense of who he is and, and who he is down deep, you see that he is just he's undeniable. Yeah, you know, and I, I really enjoyed watching uh, a couple of weeks ago when he introduced, I guess, the Ring of Honor, like the literal Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah. I 
I thought that promo and that whole thing was fascinating. You know, just, just, just the whole, the delivery, the, the idea behind, you know, yeah, you know, I, I, now I think about it, Cody Rhodes is above carrying around a championship belt. You know, like, not that, not literally, but his character. I mean, his character is that of like, why, why should I just be like every other champion? Like, I have a custom made ring of honor. Like, that, that was amazing. Who's, whose idea was that? You know, that I actually don't know, uh, but I have my suspicions because, you know, I'm a diehard wrestling fan. And, um, you know, I remember back in 1991, Starcade Battle Bowl, the winner got the Battle Bowl ring. And you know who came out to introduce the ring and, and talk about how if you won the World Series, if you won the Super Bowl, if you won an NBA championship, you got you got a ring. It was the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. So, I have my suspicions whose idea that was. I don't know for certain, <laughs> but you know, I you know, there's a lot of great things. I, I never had the fortune or the opportunity to meet the American Dream, but you know, it, my friendship with Steve Carino and getting to know Cody, uh, I, I feel like I I feel like I've heard many stories where you you heard you hear just the kind of man Dusty is. So I wish I would have gotten to meet him, uh, but I have my suspicions. On where that ring, uh, uh, on where that thought came from, and, and perhaps it's maybe a tribute. Yeah I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised on that one. Now, my the last specific wrestler that I want to I want to ask you about uh, is is Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels, somebody who I've watched uh, in TNA for many many years. Somebody who I always thought was never utilized correctly. Um, he won the world championship, I believe, earlier this year or late last year. Um, what was it like being a part of that moment, seeing somebody who, for for many many years, uh, was probably more than deserving of a world championship run, finally get his shot at top? You know, being the top guy. Um, and what was it like to be to be a part of just to be a part of that that whole moment? Well, it's incredible. You know, I I prepare for everything. Um, as if either man, uh, you know, I, I prepare for everything uh, with something in mind for either result, either result that could happen. And, you know, I, I had made a conscious decision to have something in mind, but to let it come out naturally uh, if Christopher Daniels were to win the championship that night in Las Vegas. And it was uh, it was earlier this year. It was March. It was 15th anniversary. Um, you know, what a crowning achievement because 15 years prior at the very first Ring of Honor event, uh, Christopher Daniels was there in the main event. And in the very first match to crown a Ring of Honor champion, uh, Christopher Daniels was in that match as well. And he actually got the first pinfall in that match. Uh, it, was, it was sort of an Iron Man scrambled match. Uh, he did not end up winning it, obviously. He, it took him 15 years, though, to, to climb up the mountain. 26 years uh, in professional wrestling before he won an internationally recognized world title. So for me, um, I, I knew how important it was for him. And I knew it because there was a moment the, the night before my very first TV taping as the lead announcer in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We were at the we were at the Pittsburgh television studios of the Fox affiliate, the Sinclair affiliate in Pittsburgh. And I had filmed some vignettes to introduce myself to the ring of honor fans 
as the new announcer because I just replaced Kevin. And I looked at the the production sheet and I noticed I was after Christopher Daniels. And Christopher Daniels was supposed to talk for about a minute, and then they were going, you know, they, they were going to cut it. And usually, what you see on television, there's usually a few takes, and then our great editing team, you know, chooses the best one or, or edits a little bit together with some highlight packages. I knew something special was happening when we were about six minutes in, <laughs> you know, and, and you just felt this, you know, you just felt this raw emotion that coming from Christopher Daniels and, and you really got a sense of just how much it, it, it meant to him to be in the main event at 15th anniversary, 15 years after he helped put the company on the map. And oftentimes he put the company on his own back uh, in main events against guys like Lowkey, against guys like Brian Danielson, um, you know, just tremendous matches. So it, it was it was a thrill of a lifetime because that was my very first pay-per-view that I, that I called um, as the lead broadcaster. And, and so to be kind of thrust in that position um, – it was it was incredible. It's something I'll never forget, and, and that I'm so thankful to be a part of. So let's talk about uh, Death Before Dishonor next weekend, uh, next Friday, uh, September 22nd. If you're in the Las Vegas area, get your tickets. I, I believe tickets are still available for the event. Uh, it's taking place, I believe, Samstown, correct? It is Samstown Live. It's going to be Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 6 Pacific. And doors open, I believe, at 4 p.m. local time, which is 4 p.m. Pacific. And, uh, yeah, you can you can watch it, all major pay-per-view carriers, ROHWrestling.com, Fight TV app. That's a great way to watch it. Also, PlayStation Network. Uh, you can stream it through the PlayStation Network. And if you're a PlayStation Plus member, there's usually a discount. So that's a great option as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. so, yeah, so if you're in Las, Las Vegas, come out. I believe I'm going to be there. Uh, so come on out and hang out with the Ring of Honor guys and watch the show. Uh, so far, you know, you're, we're a, a little over a week away from the show. What are you expecting as far as uh, you know some of the, the the matches going on? Like who, you know, what are you, what's your gut feeling saying on say you know the Cody Rhodes match or, or what, what what's your the match of the night that you think is gonna. Uh, what, what do you think the match of the night is going to be is what my question is. Sorry. Well, the match of the night I, the match of the night could surprise people. You know, Jay White has been a blue-chip prospect, and he's proved in Ring of Honor with victories over Christopher Daniels. He was undefeated for almost eight months on, on television. That He's a guy that, that very quickly is world championship material in, in his early 20s. Um, you know, he's a New Japan young lion, but he really made his mark here in the United States just, you know, with Ring of Honor. Uh, he's been in a feud with Punishment Martinez. They have a Las Vegas street fight. That could steal the show. Uh, Jay Lethal goes one-on-one. Silas Young, last man standing. I think that could be an incredible battle as well. The one that I think is a dark horse, though, is the Kingdom versus the Briscoes. Winner goes on later that night to face Adam Page and the Young Bucks, if they could find Adam Page, uh, for the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championship. And you know, I think those two teams, those two trios, they've they've locked horns over the past couple months, um, and finally TK Ryan's healthy, so it's going to be their first shot at one another at full strength. So I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to that one. But you know, you mentioned Cody; he is the ROH World Champion, and he's facing a guy 
who hasn't wrestled in America in 25 years. Uh, he's a guy that uh, he was the king of Pancrase. He helped launch Pancrase, which is, of course, one of the great mixed martial arts organizations still going to this day. Uh, he's Minoru Suzuki, and he's a guy that's tapped out, you know, MMA Hall of Famers, uh, you know, UFC Hall of Famers, guys like Ken Shamrock, he's tapped out. Uh, one of the world's most dangerous men, uh, in Minoru Suzuki. So we're really excited to have him in Ring of Honor for the very first time. And, you know, I I don't want to pick a winner here because does Cody know something? You know, that, that's what I have to wonder because he was very quick to accept the challenge from Minoru Suzuki, even, even though it was an open challenge. And, you know, on our broadcast, Colt Cabana said he'd, he'd want to answer the challenge. Dalton Castle uh, in, in Liverpool came out after Cody defended against Sonata and said he'd answer the open challenge. But for some reason, Cody picked Minoru Suzuki. Uh, and, and I wonder if that's going to be the hubris that costs him the championship in Vegas. Uh, it, it could be. And then, you know, in the match that I think is really worthy of a co-main event, uh, the ROH World Tag Team Championships, the Young Bucks defend against the Motor City Machine Guns. You know, I know you mentioned you watched a lot of Impact before. These two, these two teams, uh, their rivalry dates back, you know, well over eight years now. Uh, two teams that know each other inside and out, that tear the house down every time they're out there. I think the Young Bucks have elevated the ROH World Tag Team Championships to main event status. And, you know, that was confirmed last year when they main evented All-Star Extravaganza, when they main evented Supercard of Honor against the Hardys uh, in a great ladder match. So, you know, Young Bucks, Motor City, Machine Guns, I think that's worthy of a co-main event. I think that very easily uh, could be the show stealer right there. But I think I just named all the matches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited about, you know, about this great event. It's one that, you know, I've been looking forward to. I haven't even mentioned Marty Skrull versus Chucky e. T, two guys. You know, two of the great upcoming stars, two guys that a lot of more hardcore fans know a lot about and have been asking for more of on Ring of Honor Wrestling. So it's going to be those two together in the ring for the first time in Ring of Honor. And, yeah, I, I just can't wait, you know. And I'm, with the the real expansion that Ring of Honor has made, whether it's, you know, being on Charge in, in a few new markets, uh, which is a, a channel you can find, it's a, a digital channel, uh, or being on a Sinclair Broadcast Affiliate, or being on the Fight TV app. You can watch it live every Monday uh, at 7 p.m. Uh, watch the replay immediately after, anytime. Uh, you know, or even being on in, we're on in India now on D-Sport, you know, Discovery, the Discovery Channel Sports Network in India. It, it's become a global thing. Uh, it's become really a global brand, and uh, it, it's incredible to be a part of. And I'm genuinely excited uh, to go to Las Vegas you know, to 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 be there and to be able to call all these great matches. Well, I'm excited to be a, be a part of Ring of Honor weekend next week. Uh, the TV tapings are also uh, for the following paper after the pay per view. So you guys will be doing TV at Samstown Live as well on the 23rd, which is the following day. So if you, again, if you're in Las Vegas or you're going to be traveling Las Vegas or you need an excuse to go to Las Vegas, uh, go to RingOfHonorWrestling.com to purchase your tickets. Uh, Ian, how, how much more time do you have? I know we've been talking for almost an hour now. Um, oh, I, I, I'm like Ric Flair. I can go all night, but yeah, <laughs> <I might be. laughs> in interviews, of course, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I have a little bit more time, you know, what, whatever topics, uh, whatever topics you want to bring up is certainly fair game. Cool. I, I want to talk a little bit of business side of wrestling with you for, for a quick second. 
Um, sure. Because I'm really interested in in what you know of of Sinclair Broadcasting's plans for Ring of Honor because um, you know as, as we we've, we've seen over the last maybe two or three years of Ring of Honor is it seems like Sinclair is starting to, to invest a little bit of money into making the show feel a little bit more big time from you know adding some more lighting to having a video wall in some of your events. Um, do you know what the next big play is going to be for for Ring of Honor to? For, for, you know, to, to either grow or you know become more popular or how or whatever, um, you know, what do, do you know what the plans are? You know, to, to take the next step for Ring of Honor, or are you still kind of in the I, dark I, with that? I don't, but I, you know, I'm very confident that our leadership, uh, you know, our, our COO Joe Koff, you know, and our general manager Craig Gillian. I think those two guys are, are incredibly smart people, and I think over the last three, so I've been with Ring of Honor now for a little over three years. And over the last three years, we've really seen unprecedented growth, but you can't point to one big splash, right? You can't, you can't really point to something and say, oh, that was it, you know? So it, it's been really natural measured growth, and it hasn't been something where we've necessarily caught lightning in a bottle. I mean, sure, the Young Bucks have grown their, you know, their brand, and, and they've become megastars and and Cody's taking his thing to the next level and Marty Skrulls just turned into an international superstar you know and we've been fortunate to you know to to keep the new Japan partnership strong and bringing guys like Okada and Tanahashi and Los Ingobernables de Japón so you know there have been fortuitous things but it's all been very natural and it's all been things that that make sense for for business and that aren't uh, moves that really um, you know, jump off the page and try and make a big splash. You know, with with CMLL, for instance, you know, they've always, they've had a relationship recently with New Japan Pro Wrestling. We've had a relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So why not have CMLL talent uh, oh, like Altimo Guerrero, like El Terrible, uh, you know, and, and have some of the guys like Titan and Mystico come over, uh, you know, and why not send young guys, young up-and-comers like Flip Gordon, who's a natural for Lucha Libre to Mexico or guys like Matt Taven who really stand out down there and Kenny King, uh, guys who are at the top of their game in the United States to get international exposure. So I, I don't know what's next. I know there's, you know, there's some public rumors out there, um, you know, about, you know, Sinclair broadcasting, uh, maybe expanding their reach, but you know, whatever happens, I know we have great management. Uh, I know Joe Koff, and, and Greg, Gillian, and, you know, even down to, to the folks that work in the office, you know, I, I don't want to mention their names publicly because I don't want to uh, maybe get them some, un, you know, unwanted Twitter followers or attention, but everybody who's involved with Ring of Honor, uh, you know, are just really good people. And I, like you said, each year, you know, it seems like we've done something to add a little bit, you know, um, you know, we mentioned you mentioned the video wall, which I think was a great addition. We saw that for the very first time in 2016 in Nashville. Uh, from there on out, that became a staple at every Ring of Honor event. Uh, with pay-per-views, you know, fan demand was so high for SuperCard of Honor that we couldn't not make it an iPay-per-view. And that decision uh, came just a few weeks before. Uh, but fan, fan demand was so high to see that that Young Bucks-Hardy's ladder match and, and Christopher Daniels versus Dalton Castle and all the great matches that were on that card, uh, fan demand was so high that that we had to we had to make the arrangements, and it turned out to be a success for Ring of Honor. Same thing happened with Liverpool, where 
that was not intended to be an iPay-per-view. Uh, but then all of a sudden there was fan demand, fan interest, and why wouldn't there be all the great stars of Ring of Honor, New Japan, Rev Pro, CMLL, and, and that turns into an iPay-per-view. So it's just kind of natural, uh, just kind of smart, measured moves to increase the, the reach of the brand and, and to increase um, you know, the, our following and to get new eyes on the product. Um, and so you know, for, for me, uh, what I hope to see uh, I think we're doing a great job with – we have a great social media digital editor uh, who's been putting out great content on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, content that's really engaging, that, that allows our fans to really keep up with our stars in a way that maybe they hadn't been before and, and sometimes gets an inside look at some of our stars. I think a lot of our stars are doing their own great things to really you know, promote themselves, like the Young Bucks, the, the Being the Elite. Um, so – I think it's just been a, comment, a little bit of column A, column B, column C, where I hope we continue to make measured moves that make sense for Ring of Honor, that make sense uh, for the stars of Ring of Honor, and, and really for the company, because that's been the blueprint, and, and man, it's really worked. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, can, I can tell you, uh, there have been crowds in, in certain markets when I started that are a lot bigger now. Um, that now have sellouts and now are measured not in sellouts, but how quickly they sell out. So it's a really exciting time to be in Ring of Honor. And it speaks to the management and just sort of the measured approach, just kind of layering um, everything, uh, you know, in a way that, that makes sense with a, with a timeline. Um, but also, you know, I'll say this as well, uh, Ring of Honor management was not afraid to pull the trigger when there was an opportunity to, to talk to Bully Ray, to talk to, you know, the Hardys, to, you know, to talk to Cody. So it's both measured, but also knowing when to strike when the iron's hot. And, and I feel like we've done a great job at that recently as well. Awesome. Now, uh, one of the rumors that I heard, that everyone heard, was a potential uh, Ring of Honor uh, being purchased by the WWE. Um you don't have to, to 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 answer this if you don't want to, uh, but how was how, how close was that to actually being reality? Was it was that something that you heard of that was was legit and real, or was that just something that somebody somewhere said, "Oh, Vince might be interested," and they ran with the story? You know, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I, uh, you know, it, it would not surprise me if if the question was asked. You know, because I, again you look at NXT right now and they run a great operation there and, and um, you know, they've, they've signed guys recently, uh, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Leo Rush, Donovan Dijak, um, guys that are super talented. They, they cut their teeth a bit in ring of honor as well as some other places and, but really established themselves in ring of honor. So, you know, something's working in ring of honor to kind of develop that and to also think about, you know, the, the footage that we have of some of the current stars like Seth Rollins, uh, Samoa Joe, um, you know, Dan O'Brien, uh, uh, Cesaro, the, the list goes on and on. Um, so, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the question was asked. I don't know for sure. Uh, I really don't. Um, you know, I just try and, you know, just do my job every day. But, I, you know, it's something that I, I don't think – a whole lot of folks within Ring of Honor in terms of the locker room 
Uh, I don't think it's top of mind. I think it's something where, you know, we're, we're really excited about where we are right now and where we're headed. But, you know, it, it would I think it would be dumb not to ask those questions uh, if you're, you know, WWE, because, you know, clearly we've there's been times in the past in, in DVDs where you've seen Ring of Honor footage and, and so on and so forth. So it's, you know, it's something where I, I believe the two companies, as far as I know, are very amicable. And I feel like there's a good relationship there. And, um, you know, I, I would assume there still is. I don't know the nuts and bolts of it. But, um, you, you know, it's just something where, you know, our success, you know, breeds their success and vice versa. You know, it's a, it's a wrestling ecosystem. So I think everybody roots for everybody. And the, the more places there are for wrestlers and commentators and referees to go, the better. So, you know, I, I don't. I've heard the rumors just like everybody else. I, I don't know the specifics. I, I don't know if there was an offer. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the process was. I do know that, that right after those rumors, um, you know, there happened to be some some still photos and some footage that was that was used on some WWE things. So, you know, maybe maybe it was just for that. But I, I don't know. You know, I think those are I think those are what they are. They're rumors. But you know, any good wrestling company would you know would try and talk to another company if they had good talent and uh you know i think there would there it would be dumb on, on both parties parts if there wasn't an open line of communication because i think every everybody can coexist in, in the wrestling ecosystem oh i completely I agree i think the days of having promotion wars uh are, are long over uh as far as traditionally uh ian thank you so much for, for chatting with me tonight uh let everyone know where they can find you on social media Absolutely. I'm at Ian, I-A-N, Riccaboni, R-I-C-C-A-B-O-N-I, on just about everything, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat, Facebook, all that fun stuff. Um, IanRiccaboni.com, that's where you can find my book. That's where you can find... Uh, oh, you have a book. Support. Yeah, yeah. The 100 Greatest Phillies of All Time. Uh, <laughs> it says, brought to you by philliesnation.com. And it was a passion project. It, it's a couple years old now, but uh, it was something that I, I'm really proud of. I got to work with uh, my mother-in-law. She edited it. Nice. So it was pretty neat. Yeah. And she's an award-winning editor, so it was kind of a, a nice cherry on top there. So, um, yeah, that's. I mean, you can find that. It's on Amazon as well. Um, it was really neat. Um, Steve Carino, who was one of my best friends, he and I did a Phillies podcast for a bit, and you know, through his promotion, AffiliesNation.com's promotion, uh, it reached number one in Amazon's baseball category uh, for two weeks, and it was the number one hot new release in sports for a week. So um, it's two years old now. Uh, th thankfully, or maybe not thankfully, the Phillies have been horrible, so no new names have been added. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, Reese Hoskins has been a monster, and I'm hoping someday that, that he'll be a name that we can add uh, to that book. So... Maybe you should do the, the the you know maybe like the you know fifty worst uh, or, or something make a sequel. <laughs> we we had kicked that idea around and uh, we decided that you know while that might be fun, um, you, you know one of the interesting things is is uh, <laughs> once you once you have just a tiny bit of notoriety, um, you realize how weird it is when people say you're not good at something. So we decided to be nice and not do that. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, hey, thank you again. Thank you so much. If, again, if you're in Vegas, uh, head over to Sam's Town Live. 
uh, September 22nd for Death Before Dishonor, and the 23rd for Ring of Honor TV tapings. Go to ringofhonorwrestling.com to purchase your ticken, t- your tickets, your tickets. Uh, I can talk, I promise. Uh, <laughs> yes, this has been wrestling with Ruben. Uh, thank you so much, Ian, for for joining me again. And hey, I will probably see you next weekend at some point. Um, I say you buy me dinner, but we can work that out later via text. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good, Ruben. Look forward to uh, meeting you in person, and uh, great chat with you. Thank you again. Yeah, and I'll see you next week. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>